Hello, everyone. I hope you are having a fantastic week so far and you have a good weekend. You know, last week, any long weekend is good. Any long weekend is good. I mean, it's always, the, it's a plus, it's a bonus to have an extra day off and get paid. Hopefully you are in that situation where you, you do. I know some people have to work the holidays in that. Um, I've been there. I've been there. I'm very thankful that I don't have to do that anymore. But we um, we had a, a good anytime. Anytime you're off, you know, it's, it's a good time. And then Sunday, I was able to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with um, with the the gang, as I like to call our gang. And anytime with the gang together, my heart is full. Especially when you don't have to you know, you're just there to have fun. We just, we went to the fireworks and we had the weekend before that, it was Eldora. We were all together. Um, well, except for Debbie, she had to work. Adulting is hard. And then this week, all of us, me and Cheyenne and Matthew and Andrew and Debbie and Taylor, everybody was together. Um, we, the girls, the, the girls drove together and then the boys drove together. So I really can't speak to if Matthew, if Matthew enjoyed the ride to Wheeling, but I know the girls and I had fun. We, um, we listened to some Toby Keith. Debbie made sure that Taylor played the Clarks just for me. Oh, I love the Clarks. We even listened to the Monkees. And I'm not a big fan, but they even threw in some Jimmy Buffett. Always a good time when you're together. You know, I could have slept in on Monday. I, I, my simple self made an eye appointment first thing Monday. I took that first appointment because I thought that it would be on a work day. And then I would just, they let us here flex our lunches a little bit to make up if you have an appointment or something, which is a really great perk. So that's why I made that first appointment in the morning, not realizing that we would actually be off on that day. And so my crazy self had to be up and at them bright and early into the first appointment at the eye doctor. And there is nothing that reminds you more of the fact that you are aging than going to the eye doctor. There are stronger bifocals coming my way. <laughs> and you know, uh, while I'm on the eye doctor, real quick, I, okay, I, uh, I love my eye doctor. She has explained things and taken the time to review my medical history and explain some of the problems, why I have some of the problems that I have, and I, I love her. But, and the lady that helps me pick out my glasses that I request is sweet as pie. But some people are definitely sensitive. So I got there and there was a sign on the door that you must show proof of vaccination or wear a mask. So I go back to my car and I get the mask. Thankfully, I still had one. And I go back to the door and I have my mask on. So I'm standing there in my mask. And they asked the first time and I said, no, that's why I have my mask on. Okay, then she asked me a second time, she asked twice for my proof of vaccination. As I stand there with my mask on, no thanks, lady, masked up with pride here. Masked with pride. There are definitely some sensitive folks out there afraid to go back to normal, that is for sure. And, you know, someone said that it's like we're being split into separate groups. You know, we have the elites and we have the commoners. And I, I chuckled at first when they said that we're commoners. But, you know, there's really nothing wrong with being a commoner. There's nothing wrong with it. Commoners have the majority. And the, the elites, yes, they have their power right now because they did whatever means necessary. But they aren't in the majority. And newsflash, they are scared of us. They are in panic mode in a lot of ways. We should be proud commoners because nothing about me wants to be an elite. 
Stop acting like we are helpless. Stop the whining. I'm seeing a lot of whining. Maybe we are, you know, maybe they look down on us as commoners. Fine, whatever. We are in the majority and we had better start acting like it. We have power in a lot of ways that we don't take advantage of. The very first, uh, you know, first and foremost, I think, is where we put our money. We have power in how we act, first and foremost, how we interact with people on a daily basis. And we have power in how we spend our money. Some of that brings inconvenience, yes, but we do have power over that. So stop whining. Maybe stop, say, stop taking the most convenient path and start taking the path and spending your money places where they more line up, their values more line up. And back to how we can interact with people on a daily basis. Do you understand what a difference one smile can make? It can really make a lot of difference. No whining. Yes, the reality of what we have going on right now really stinks. It stinks a lot. But no whining. Watch where you put your money. Watch who you are supporting. Start questioning everything. Embrace being a commoner. Embrace the fact that we have a lot of work to do. We do, all while coloring in the lines. I want to make that very clear. So much good can be done within the lines. There's no reason to vary outside of the, the lines. But we have a lot of work to do, and we need to get started. Let me go back to something, back to when I said we control how we act and how we interact with people. I want to tell you something really small that can change a day. When I went to Mikla's this week to um, get my the meat to cook for the week, while I was there, since I had not cooked yet, I just got some food from their their little, little um, deli. They make a really good cucumber salad. And so I got some cucumber salad. When I got back to work here and I took my took the stuff out of the bag and I had my lunch, the girl that took care of me had made a smiley face on my my container with my lunch in it. It seems so silly and so small, but that little act of kindness was actually very huge. It brightened my whole day. I think when talking on that same line, I think back to some of the times where my, my late friend Phil would just say, you rock, okay? Something so little and so seems minute really did make a difference. You can boost somebody's confidence with two words, you rock, or a little smiley face. Neither thing is really hard. We have more power than we think. But let's, enough with the lecturing, let's get into this week's news. In the vaccine subject this week, they are very, very adamant about this vaccine. And they are not, they are not letting up. They really could care less about all of the troubles that we're seeing, all of the um, reactions that we're seeing from anywhere, you know. Um, listen, one of my neighbors got it. His arm hasn't been right since, um, since he had the, the second shot. I don't know the details of it. I don't need to know the details of it, but I know that I know enough <laughs> and we have discussed the, um, the numbers on the VAERS site uh, this week 
a teenager um, got the vaccination and died in his sleep, we know enough to know that common sense tells you that there, there are adverse effects, whether it be uh, myocarditis, whether it be um, loss of movement um, in limbs, whether it be uh, Bell's palsy. There are many, many, many risks associated with both getting COVID and getting the vaccination. I don't want to take health advice from people who their idea of healthcare is depopulization. Okay, so that's problem number one. <laughs> and I, we, we've been through this, but this week they are crossing another line and I have heard this war warned about um, by Naomi Wolf for a very long time. And I kind of thought she was cr not crazy because obviously so many things she has warned about are coming true. And she is a Democrat, by the way. But it doesn't matter what party you're from, just to utilize some common sense. You know, just as she has kind of predicted many, many things, and like I said, you can only call somebody a conspiracy theorist for so long, when their crap starts coming true, they're no longer conspiracy theorists. They're very smart individuals that we should pay attention to. So one of the things that she brought up that they might, and might be coming with is... Um, what they will refer to as a community outreach. And we saw some of that, uh, and she did bring that up, um, you know, that they are going into communities with their, uh, with their little vaccine pop-up things. And, you know, yes, yes, yes. I thought, okay, well, some of what she's saying is coming true, but they haven't really pushed, pushed, pushed. Oh, well, this week they did. They have upped their game. They are now going to do door-to-door -door outreach. I want you to listen to the press secretary in how she described this. Uh, after the president is briefed by his COVID-19 response team this afternoon, he will speak to the American people about the strong progress that the country has made in recovery because of its robust vaccination campaign, as well as the importance of every eligible American getting vaccinated, especially as the Delta variant continues to grow among unvaccinated people across the country. By the end of the week, the United States will be nearing 160 million people fully vaccinated, which the president will touch on today as well, which is critically important as fully vaccinated people are protected against the Delta variant. He will also stress how the administration will continue its effort to work with governors, local leaders, and across the public and private sector to get more Americans vaccinated by making vaccines available in more healthcare settings and respond to hotspots. The president will outline five areas his team is focused on to get more Americans vaccinated. One, uh, targeted community-by-community door-to-door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated by ensuring they have the information they need on how both safe and accessible the vaccine is. Two, a renewed emphasis on getting the vaccines to more primary care doctors and physicians, something that we've seen as a very successful tactic uh, with reaching groups uh, with lower vaccination rates in the past few months. Uh, three, stepped up ex efforts, which is complementary to my last point, to get vaccines to pediatricians and other providers who serve younger people so that adolescents aged 12 to 18 can get vaccinated as they go for back to school checkups or get ready for fall sports. Four, uh, continue expanding efforts to make the vaccine accessible for workers. Access is an area where we've seen as a challenge and one where as we've worked to address it, we've seen increasing rates. So that includes setting up vaccination clinics at workplaces uh, and PTO uh, or time uh, leave that uh, employees can take off uh, to get vaccinated. And finally, expanding our mobile clinic efforts, meeting people where they are and making sure we're taking the vaccine to communities. Another I thought that maybe 
you know, that they tested this out by having her say it. And then once they faced some backlash, they would backtread a little bit. That is not what happened. You know, Stumble Mumble then came out and he doubled down. This is what they are planning to do. And I'm not going to make you sit through very much of his Stumble Bumble. It went on and on and on. But I want you to hear it in his words that they are planning to come door to door. In today's briefing, we discussed how our administration is going to devote the remainder of the summer to a special focus on five ways to make gains in getting those of you who are unvaccinated vaccinated. Because here's the deal. We are continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the spring to rapidly vaccinate those eager to get their first shot and their second shot, for that matter, if they needed a second. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help. Federal employees going door to door to promote vaccination must be treated the same as any government agent now. I've told you before, I'll tell you it again. The old me would have known that I did absolutely nothing wrong and would have cooperated fully and not thought twice about it because I respect um, law enforcement and I would not have seen them as an enemy of the people. When you are talking about three-letter agencies right now, I have now changed how I think about that. You do not open the door for them. You do not speak to them. And you do not let them inside your home. That would be my advice to you. I mean, you, I'm not telling you what to do. But politely shut the door. Politely. Okay, keyword. Right? Politely shut the door or hang up. Do not, under any circumstances, offer whether you are or you are not vaccinated. They will take names and it will be used against you. That is my opinion. We have seen what it looks like when government sends public officials to knock on the doors of Canadian churches. We discussed that. And I'm not interested in seeing what it looks like when American health officials show up and knock on the door. I know that that with the church and them knocking on the door turned out with him being arrested in the middle of a highway for no reason and not in a nice way. So, no, I do not trust and I do not want to see what it looks like when officials show up knocking on the doors just not interested in it. And by the way, your governor can stop the federal government from going door to door in your state. So remember last week when we talked about who's a coward and who is strong, who you can trust and who you cannot, and how we should be paying attention to all of that information and making note. They all have to earn our vote. I do not care what letter is after their name, and I do not care if they are MAGA endorsed. I want you to show me that you are not a coward. So, your governor can stop this. Pay attention to whether or not they do. If you want to get the vaccine, go get it. If not, you deserve to be left alone. I am not sure how that should be any clearer. I want you to listen to a clip of a meltdown, as we like to call them in our house, a meltdown by Chuck Todd. And when the clip is over, I will give you a little story about 
Chuck Todd. But let's listen to his little meltdown about vaccinations. And we've got some breaking coronavirus news just now from the CDC. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, she's briefing right now uh, as the country once again is moving in the wrong direction on this virus. Walensky says there has been a 10% increase in cases since last week. 10%. 25% of those increased in cases are the Delta variant. She called the Delta variant, quote, hyper-transmissible, and that its spread is being fueled by communities with low vaccination rates. Director Walensky says more than 1,000 counties have a vaccination rate lower than 30%. Folks, nearly 10,000 people died in the month of June. They were needless deaths. Please get vaccinated. If you know someone who's not vaccinated, find a way to convince them to get vaccinated. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame on you. People are needlessly dying because of your misinformation. Think about it. I don't know how some of you sleep at night who are doing this for a living on television. I think the better question is how do you sleep, Chuck? Ugh. I play this just so you can see how high and mighty they get. It's it just, they are snub noses. Notice his tones he has. The fear, 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 fear. You will die. Uh, and then he has his disgusted voice. You people. He's a jerk. Oh, he is a jerk. To show you how much of a jerk he is, that's a, I don't know what other, well, I used a few different words, and that's why this is the third time I'm recording this, because I didn't want to, <laughs> oh, I didn't want to use the words that he actually is. Newsflash, Chuck. <laughs> you can get COVID and the Delta variant and whatever stupid names they come up with next, regardless if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. There are risks associated with both sides, Chuck, both sides. Of course, there's a risk if you're unvaccinated that you're going to get COVID. And you could be one of those very small groups of people that doesn't respond well to it. As minute as it is, there is always a chance that you could, that your body would have a bad response to it. But depending on your age, you, the chances that you will be one of those people is very low. 99.7 for most of us. 98, 99.8, 99.9% for a lot of us, depending on age, that you'll be just fine. Of course, there's a chance that you'll have a problem with it. But there's also a chance that you'll have a problem with their vaccines as well. Just as there is a risk of being unvaccinated, there's a risk of complications with being vaccinated. We've discussed the VAERS reporting. They don't want to talk about that. They want to blame the bad reactions on anything and everything else. You are in some ways deplatformed and called names if you don't if you even bring up any of that we don't even know what we will see increased over the next several years as a result of these vaccines we can expect an increase in neurological problems we can expect an increase in autoimmune problems. We can expect an increase in a lot of things. I've heard that they wouldn't be shocked to see an increase in lymphoma. Who knows what we could see increases in? Because there are no long-term human studies. There are risks on both sides, Chuck. You should be an actual journalist and provide information on both sides of this fence equally and fairly, and then let people make up their own minds. 
he thinks and people like him think that they are smarter and that we need them to make our decisions for us. We do not. We are independent thinkers. He is an insufferable jerk. Ooh. Okay. I think I've shared this story before, but I'm going to share it again very briefly. My coworker and I had to go to DC for hill visits. So we were in the Capitol in one of the buildings. I believe it was the Longworth building. That part I don't remember. One of the cafeterias in the um, congressional buildings. Um, she recognized him right away. She was she watched mainstream news even then i didn't watch um nbc cbs that kind of thing for the most part i kind of i once she said who he was i could say oh yeah he does look familiar but i i was not a mainstream news watcher then i you know no way before he was anything special let's just put it that way he was not anything special he was just basically a reporter then. It was way before he hosted Meet the Press. At that time, I believe it was Tim Russert, and um, he was actually really good at it. Um, but he was a nobody, and he was so rude. I can still picture in my head to him to this day, him sitting at that table and how he acted rude pathetic, ignorant jerk. Imagine him now. You can tell, think back to that clip and how arrogant he is. And now he is a host, meet the press. He's a highly, he's highly paid to sit there and look down on people. He thinks he knows it all. And if you think different, you are trash. There are many people like this in the world. Many. Actually, many I deal with on a weekly basis. And I, nose in the air, rude, ignorant. If you don't think like them, you're trash. If you're not like them, you're trash. I'll stop. I don't want to get myself in trouble. You know what? Let them think what they want to think. But Chuck Todd and those that we won't mention here and get myself in trouble, go pound salt. We sleep just fine because we don't listen to fools like you. I'm going to do a brief update on election integrity. There were two movements on this discussion this week, and I want to make sure that we at least touch on them. First, I'm going to go to adjust the news article. Federal judge refuses to block Georgia's new election integrity law. A federal judge on Wednesday refused to block Georgia's new election integrity law from, from taking effect saying a liberal group's request for a preliminary injunction failed to show imminent constitutional harm and would disrupt upcoming elections in the state. The court is not persuaded by plaintiff's argument for a bright line exception to Purcell because they have alleged First Amendment harm. Plaintiffs have not provided authority, nor is the court aware of any that would support this interpretation of the law. U.S. District Court Judge J.P. Belay rolled in an 11-page ruling rejecting the challenge by the Coalition for Good Governance. Belay also wrote he was disciplined to change the law in the ninth inning when Georgia has runoff elections for seat in the Georgia State House planned for later this month. Belay's ruling marks the first time Georgia's new election roll, which includes expanded voting opportunities and voter ID requirements, passed a legal test. It still faces a second challenge filed recently by the U.S. Justice Department, which is pending in the courts. 
The decision follows just days after the United States Supreme Court upheld new election integrity laws in Arizona, banning ballot harvesting and vote cast in wrong precincts. The justice ruled such security provisions did not target minorities and therefore were constitutional, a ruling that could have an impact on future challenges to the Georgia law. Marilyn Marks, executive director of the Coalition for Good Governance, said her group will file more lawsuits challenging other provisions of the law. Of course they will. Of course they will. This is what pure panic looks like. All right. The other um, part of this story that is moving in the right direction, this week it was announced that a Pennsylvania full forensic audit will begin. So Arizona is ongoing, Georgia is now ongoing, and Pennsylvania is beginning. Be patient. Remember, we want things done correctly. We want things looked at fully. And that is going to take time. But this is at least moving in the right direction. We have example upon example of example of different things, different times that it's obvious to anybody that's paying attention that there's a problem with Biden. And I don't say this as wanting to poke fun of him. It's not, it's very, very serious. We saw another example of that this week. And I, I want to tote the line in between just being picky and when things are just downright scary. And I think at this point we're to scary. And I want to make sure that you're, you're seeing how scary this is. There was an instance where he went into a deli and he was asked a question supposedly by a deli uh, employee. I question that. When you hear the question, you know, I think it was a setup of sorts, especially the fact that he had a note card to answer prepared. So I think it's a setup as a whole, but he was just briefed on this, just briefed. This had just had, just briefed. He goes into a deli. I think it's a pre-planned setup situation and he couldn't do it. He couldn't speak. He had to get the note card out. And then you see when he's reading the note card, you, you'll hear that he becomes coherent because he's reading. But I, I want you to I want you to listen to this situation. Sure. Right now, sir. Yeah. Uh, with the most recent hack by the Russians, would you say that this this means we're not that... sure it's the Russians? Okay, I spot gun okay. I got a brief on the as I was on the plane. That's why I was late getting off the plane. I got a brief and uh right All right. Would you like your receipt? Uh I'll be in better shape to talk to you about it. I'll tell you what they sent me, okay? Uh, that uh, the idea, first of all, we're not sure who it is for certain, number one. And what I did, I directed the full resources of the, of the government to assist in a response if we determine. What else you need? Oh, nothing. You're all set. Okay. And, um, uh, the fact is that uh, I directed the intelligence community to give me a, a deep dive on what's happened, and I'll know better uh, tomorrow. And if it is uh, either with the knowledge of and or a consequence of Russia, then I told Putin we will respond. And, uh, you didn't but, tell him already, sir? No, no, I haven't called oh. because we're not, we're not certain 
the initial thinking was it was not the Russian government, um, but we're not sure yet. What kind of gobbledygook of a mess do we have going on? Again, this portion is not for any other reason than to just make you aware that this is pretty scary. I believe that it was a, it was a planned question and he still couldn't do it. I have no idea who is running things, but what I do know and is becoming very abundantly clear, it sure as the world isn't Joe. The Supreme Court in China? Hmm. You know, I've said for a while that I didn't fully trust that our Supreme Court, even though we have a majority, and even though I, <laughs> I supported the nominations fully at the time, I've been disappointed, and there's something going on here. I've said that before. Again, Natalie Winters at the National Pulse. U.S. Supreme Court justices and federal judges double as visiting professors at top Chinese spy college. Several U.S. federal judges, including Supreme Court justices, have served as visiting professors at the Chinese Communist Party-run Peking University, the, in, the National Pulse can reveal. The efforts were funded by Chinese influence groups seeking to coerce, quote, foreign actors to take actions or adopt positions supportive of, unquote, the Chinese government's preferred policies. <laughs> mm. Despite these troubling ties, judges from various U.S. courts, including the Supreme Court of Appeals, have doubled as faculty and guest lecturers while serving on the bench. Former judges from the Chinese Communist Party's Supreme People, People's Court are also on the school's faculty. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito spent a week in residence at the university in 2016 with a summary revealing that he, quote, Express thanks for the warm reception of Peking University and law school and expressed great pleasure to visit China, end quote. <sighs> Fellow Justice Anthony Kennedy delivered the keynote address for the school's opening in 2008 alongside Tung Chi Hua, the founder of CUCEF and vice chairman of the highest ranking entity overseeing China's united front. It goes on. The National Pulse can also reveal that Senior Circuit Judge and Chief Judge Emeris of D.C. Court of Appeals, Harry Edwards, Circuit Judge of the Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, William Fletcher, and Chief Circuit Judge of the Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit, D. Brooke Smith, have served as visiting lecturers at the school. Democratic Congresswoman Judy Chu is also listed as one of Peking's distinguished visitors. Judge Russell Kanan, an associate judge at the Superior Court of D.C., is also current visiting professor at Pekin's STL. Judge Frederick Weisberg simultaneously teaches at Peking University STL while serving as an associate judge on the D.C. Superior Court. There's more. Judge Robert Morin. I mean, it just goes on. The news lends further to the theory that a great many high-profile U.S. political figures have already been the subjects of intense propaganda efforts by the Chinese Communist Party. They call this elite capture. Let's talk a little bit more about that elite capture. Jack Prasobic, if you're not following Jack Prasobic, you really need to do that. He wrote an opinion piece at Human Events 
very well sourced article to the point where it's kind of annoying because it is so well sourced <laughs> that the sources are all put where they need to be so that you can click on each one of the statements he's making and have it backed up. Very well sourced. Has America's 1% become our version of the CCP? America's ruling class and China's ruling class are more similar than you think. I am going to read portions of this and I want you to see exactly how close to them we actually are. In the oft-cited issues of the day, we discuss censorship, censorship in public places. Corporate and military institutionalized wokeness, critical race theory, indoctrination of our youth in publicly funded government education centers, upending traditional culture norms, domestic surveillance of political opposition, an election no one is permitted to question, enormous spikes in murders and drug deaths across every major city with the demonization of law enforcement, a financial sector that is increasingly working against the interest of working and middle-class Americans, and a manufacturing base that has been sold off to our greatest world rival, the People's Republic of China, who bears responsibility for a deadly worldwide pandemic that likely emitted from their dangerous lab experience in Wuhan. If you dare speak out about any of the above, you risk ostracism reputational attacks, career termination, banning from public discourse, removal from payment processors, and in the most extreme cases, prosecution. Why is this happening? Because there is a 1% in America that wields powerful influence over the rest. He talks about after college, he spent time working in China. He knows China. He, and he speaks Mandarin, to the point, so well, to the point it's kind of scary. Yes, the United States has popular election and China does not. But it seems that almost no meaningful change can occur regardless of which major American political party is in power. For a time, the election of Donald J. Trump served to upset this state of affairs as the real estate module gained entree to political power without gracing the channels of the ruling class, yet the personnel of the 45th administration still bore an all-too-familiar connection to the elite families of the country. One of my main criticisms, by the way. In China, the CCP's various factions and sub-factions compete for political influence to control public spending over the direction of national narratives and to institute personal fiefdoms in the government, military, academia, and the corporate world. Those disputes create just enough friction in the system that China's 1.4 billion people are distracted from the fact that a small rolling minority has been consolidating power for the past hundred years. We talk about picking up on those distractions here. Hopefully, we're all starting to look for those distractions. The power flows the same way between our 1% and theirs, albeit under different naming conventions. In 2021, we are being asked to exchange classic American values for a new set of moral values under which patriotism and national pride is now defined as problematic. In America, a generalized hatred of Western civilization is being proliferated by ruling elites, a hatred the CCP is all too willing to take advantage of. The CCP means firm controls on conversation, what conversations are able to be held in public spaces through bans, censorship, the Great Firewall, and constant sentiment analysis of public opinion. So too do America's rolling elite, backed by the new tolls authored by Silicon Valley. The CCP indoctrinates youth to their various political programs, institutes and enforces social and cultural policies, surveils religious minorities, and in the past has unleashed street thugs on descendants. 
The similarities between the red guards of the Chinese Cultural Revolution and Antifa are today of today are there for all to see. I've said that before. Antifa is coming from funding that is backed by China. America's cultural and economic decline came in the 2000s during the severe mismanagement of our rolling elites. The backbone of our manufacturing industry was sent overseas while they lined their pockets, as were our troops, while again the elites lined their pockets. Of course the CCP took advantage of this too. Everyone else certainly was, and I'm looking at you, Liz Cheney. Ah. As major deficits in our social policies towards children and their families stunted and delayed American family formation, the elites, institute, the elites instituted open borders policies rather than deal with the consequence of their mismanagement. Schools and universities ceased their yearning for scholastic progress and instead became indoctrination centers for the new theology of Marxism and critical race theory. And now Joe Biden this week says he thinks you need to have 14 years of public school, not 12. Get your kids out of public school if you can. <sighs> this gives the ruling elite a pass to maintain their privilege at the expense of working and middle-class Americans who have been engulfed in identitarian tribalism. It isn't, the fa it isn't just the fact that we, the governed, are being failed by our ruling elites is that these failures are paved, have paved the way for the CCP's values to dominate the world. It's no wonder then that our system of government by elites is beginning to closely resemble theirs. Instead of the West influencing China to become more open, the CCP has shown Western elites how to become more authoritarian. Boy, they've got that. The last 20 years of appeasement and elite exchange with the CCP has not caused China to become more liberalized. It has caused America to become more authoritarian. This is the dynamic which needs to change, and it will not do so until the American people begin demanding a return to values which made America great, rather than the ever-changing whims of a disconnected rolling elite. It is time to write ourselves. Follow Jack. Go read that story. I only read pieces of it. Click on all of his, his sourcing. It's a wonderful article. We need to wake up. All right, we're going to finish up the week. I know there were, there were more news stories. Um, I tried to cover what I think was um, the most important um, you know, try to pay attention to the signal, not the noise. I did see uh, where the Haitian president was assassinated. It does uh, appear that the people arrested are from the U.S. As far as I could see, the State Department, I'm not even sure you can trust them if they do make a statement, but as far as I have seen, they have not made a statement on that I, Haiti is a mess, and I'm sure it's an even bigger mess now. It's been a mess for a very long time. I feel bad for um, anyone in those areas. Um, so I'll try to follow that and see if anything comes of that. Um, this week also, Trump announced that he is suing Facebook, Twitter, and Google, better known as Fakebook. <laughs> and Twitter. And it's going to be one to watch. Class action lawsuits are actually pretty, um, they're pretty effective. And it looks like it's going to be filed in Florida. Um, that's where his residence is. Uh, this district is also typically very friendly. Um, each Supreme Court justice oversees so many districts in the United States. And this particular area um, is overseen by Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. So 
I believe that's a very good thing, and that's probably why they chose to uh, file it in that district. Once they uh, release the the lawsuit in its entirety, I will, if I can find it in a um, in a place where I can download it for free. A lot of times, when you have to download these things, there's so much per page, especially um, when it's an electronic filing with the court. But I'll read it. If I see it, I will read it in its entirety. But I believe it will be effective. No guarantees. Anytime you enter a court, whether that's a local court or a federal court, judges can be they can be hard ones to figure out. But so far, it looks promising. I believe this is why he has not joined any of the new social media um, platforms that have been popping up. Um, he is just going to um, kind of double down and he wants his existing social media reinstated. Um, I, you know, it should be reinstated. We do have First Amendment rights in this country and, um, you know, these social media giants have way too much power, way too much power, but they had the opportunity to do something about it and they didn't do it. So again, with the whining. Anyway, I bring that up because I want to give credit where it is due. I heavily criticized him for his silence on a subject. And if something upsets me and I call it out and then that is corrected, I want to, as we should, give credit where it's due. Um, at his rally in Florida, um, I saw a clip where he did this. I didn't watch the rally, but I did see the highlights. And then again at this press conference, while he was announcing this lawsuit, he did mention Ashley Babbitt and those being held without bail in terrible conditions for nonviolent crimes from January 6th. And he also mentioned the laptop of Hunter Biden and um, all of those crimes that are being covered up. Uh, he, he actually said that he, he has seen the contents of the laptop and it makes Al Capone look like a baby. Lots of crimes and they are working on ways because Hunter is now apparently selling art. This is a, a money laundering scheme. Um, but anyway, he talked about the crimes on the laptop that they are all covering up and they are all complicit in because they will not cover these stories and the violent crimes in the cities across this country and how out of control it is and how the media refuses to cover it properly. Thank you. It is about time. And of course the media ignores it and the Hill headline that I saw, it, the headline actually said, this is an actual headline from The Hill. Trump says no reason for officer to shoot Capitol rioter pushing conspiracy theory. How is that a conspiracy? She's dead. <laughs> She's dead. She was unarmed. They know it's not a conspiracy. They use that word to deflect. When they don't want to discuss something, for whatever reason, they don't want to discuss it. In this situation, because the facts don't go align with their side. When they don't want to discuss it, it's automatically a conspiracy or it's Q. They like to use QAnon. You will see them shift to anything they don't want to discuss it's a conspiracy or it's Q. Just watch. Newsflash. There is no Q. Good grief. Don't fall for that crap. It's a psychop. It's, it's so stupid. There's no Q. It's, um, it's something they do to distract. Back on the subject, I am glad that he called for answers. He needs to push for answers. He is not alone though. The other people in the GOP should also be pushing 
for answers. They need to push back. The fact is, Ashley was unarmed. She received, received no verbal warning. She received no verbal instructions to do anything. So it wasn't like she was disobeying a direct order to stop or disobeying and not putting her hands up. No orders were given to her. She was just, she was shot. She did not deserve that. The penalty for trespassing is not death. And to the people saying that she is at fault for her death because she put herself in that position in breaking the law. Okay, with that logic, then why, why didn't George Floyd deserve to die? Because he broke the law too. She didn't. He didn't. They didn't, they shouldn't have died, neither one of them. Lawmakers need to start speaking out and not stay silent on this subject about January 6th. They want this narrative to be something that it's not, and nobody seems to have the guts to push back. The same thing with Giuliani being disbarred. Nobody has the guts to push back. Political hit jobs are never okay. They are using January 6th to justify a lot of terrible persecution of political enemies. They, Nancy Pelosi is setting up field offices for the Capitol Police Department in Florida and California. What does Florida and California have to do with the Capitol Police Department? The Capitol is in Washington, D.C. The Capitol building is in Washington, D.C. What jurisdiction do they have in Florida and California? I would really like to know that. I'm going to be curious to see how DeSantis, DeSantis handles that. One of the congressmen from that day have, has donated his suit to the Smithsonian the day he survived this. They have support dogs in the Capitol now because there are people that are apparently still afraid to come back to the building. Journalists who are undergoing extensive therapy because of what they survived that day. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the FBI confiscated a Lego creation set of the United States Capitol. They took Legos. Supposedly, they can't find who dropped the bombs at the DNC and the RNC the, day, the night before January 6th. But dang, man, they found the Lego set. They want this to be something it is not. And the GOP better step up. And so far, they are silent. To them and the people coming out of the woodwork running for office. I'm going to be requiring some assurances. Are you going to lead or are you going to continue to kneel? Are you going to have courage? And I'm talking DeSantis courage, not courage after somebody else does it and you just go along with the flow and I'm looking at Abbott in Texas. Are you going to have DeSantis courage? Are you going to have Marjorie Taylor Greene courage? Are you going to have Lauren Boebert courage? If not, get out of the way. You're going to need to sit yourself down and get out of the way. We do not need more cowards. We have plenty of cowards. We are increasingly accepting of adults who cannot handle basic day-to-day -day life stresses. While we're demanding that kids take on burdens they should never have to bear. No. No more. Stand up or sit down. If you cannot handle the heat, that's fine. Not everybody is 
set out to be a leader, that's fine. But get out of the way. I'm going to end on with a verse. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Have a good week.